Welcome to the Selling North Georgia podcast. I'm Corey Shields. This Michael is, Williams. That's Michael Williams. <laughs> and we are here with Hannah Rogers with Movement Mortgage. Hello. And uh, so we're just going to have a discussion with her, see what she's all about, and talk about uh, lending in general in today's market. So, Hannah. Okay. So I actually was a real estate agent before I was a lender um, and did that about, let's see, seven years ago. Um, was a real estate agent for several years, um, did pretty well, actually really loved my job, um, but I have four kids and I was really tired of being on the roads nights and weekends and never seeing my family. So I um, decided to make the switch over to being a lender um, or as we call it, a loan officer. Um, and I'm able to see my kids. I still oh, work all the over time. the top of your laptop, <laughs> yes, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so I am at the baseball games and the gymnastics meets, but yes, with my laptop most of the time. I started out with someone else and then decided to go off by myself. And uh, it was actually like a pivotal moment. It was like invest in my business, spend a little bit of money to market and to do more or to just go work for someone else again. Um, and so we took the chance, we hired a marketing person, Amanda Hackett, y'all see her on our stuff, uh -huh. um, and realized quickly that 10 hours a week was not gonna cut it. <laughs> um, so she actually became a licensed loan officer as well. So she's joined the team and we just have her do a little bit of everything. Um, and then we have our own assistant and processor we're just we're great friends which really makes things work what would you say is making your team stand out from the rest because i mean you can go a million different places and get your fha loan or, or whatever mm -hmm. um, so what do you feel like is your competitive advantage there so i could really talk about a lot of different things with that um, i think our first one would be that we're available so there's a lot of lenders who you know you're out looking at a house on the weekend they didn't do their homework first and get pre-approved and now they want to buy a house all of a sudden. So we're available. I'm going to take that application on a Saturday and get them approved. Um, if you're working with a bank, you're not going to get that. Like they're not going to get back to you until Monday at nine o'clock probably. Mm -hmm. If you're working with an online lender, you will get that. You will get a quick approval. The problem is it's not going to be a legit, legitimate approval. You probably haven't submitted your documentation. They really don't know what your income is. So they're telling you, oh yeah, you can go buy a $300,000 house, but they've not looked at anything. And so their pre-approval letters do not stand out. They're not accepted generally. Um, if you have, you know, if you guys are out making an offer to someone and they see a movement mortgage, Rogers Lending Team versus Rocket Mortgage, well, most people in our community know that I look at their income, I've looked at their credit, and I'm not sending a letter without seeing those items first. And I think that weekend availability is crucial now, especially, especially now with yes. the, you know, multiple offers. And like you said too, if you if you got five different offers and you got a few Rocket Mortgages and, mm -hmm. and whatever, and then you've got a solid lender, um, that could be the difference maker. Yes. I tell people all the time that the lender is the biggest difference maker. Like it's important to have a good realtor, but it's way more important to have a good lender. Mm. If you have a bad lender, you usually don't know that until it's too late. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Like when you find out that's a bad lender is when it's too late. <laughs> so right. I say that all the time. But one of the things I have to, to say is a funny story about you. I had a friend of mine that was working with you on a refinance. And um, so I didn't know much about the process. And so he calls me one morning about 9.30 and it's like, hey, what's the deal with this Hannah girl? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I'm laying in bed last night. It's 10.15. <laughs> 
and my phone dings. And I roll over and I look at it and it's Hannah. And my wife's like, who's that? I'm like, it's Hannah. And then my wife's like, well, who's Hannah? And like gets all tore up about it. And so he has to go through this long explanation that it's okay, honey. She's literally asking me for W-2s. It's, yeah. it's totally fine. It's like the State Farm guy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. It's Jake from State Farm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is an aspect of getting a mortgage that you feel like you wish more people knew about um, that is just, for some reason, most people don't know about? Okay. Before you ever even think about being a first-time home buyer, the first thing that you should be thinking about is your credit scores. And that's not taught in school. Like people don't realize how important their credit scores are. Um, so just a couple of things to hit on. Um, pay your bills. Like the biggest thing is like if you have a credit card and it has a $5,000 balance, I'm not asking you to pay $1,000 a month. Like pay the minimum $25. We're not asking you to pay ahead. Um, yes, if you pay down bigger chunks and you get your balance below 50% of what's allowed, your score is gonna go up quicker, but if you just pay your bills, your score's not gonna go down. Um, so that's a key. Um, another thing is, you know, people say, oh, I wanna pay all cash for everything. I don't wanna have debt. That's actually hurting you because you don't have a credit score. So there again, do get a credit card. Use your credit card responsibly. Um, always try to keep it paid down below 50%. What I suggest is, only put things on it that like you already have the money set aside for. So buy your gas and your groceries, things you have to have on a credit card, pay that off each month. Don't go and put lots of crazy things that you don't need on a credit card because then that's when you, Yeah, that, because <laughs> that's when you get in trouble. Um, so that is the very first thing before you ever even think about, think about um, being a first time home buyer. To go back to the, the folks who say, oh, I want to pay cash for everything and, and they don't have credit established yet. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how much truth there is in this, but I've heard people in that boat say, um, well, I tried to establish credit and get a credit card, but I got denied it, so how am I even supposed to establish credit? Mm -hmm. uh, is there a like a recommended path that you have for that? Or? Yeah, so um, there's really kind of a difference in having no credit and having bad credit. It is more difficult to get a credit card if you have bad credit. Um, generally, you're gonna have to get like a secured credit card where you're gonna have to front the money first. Like you put $500 out, that's the credit limit you're using. You're just reusing your $500 basically. Um, you can also with no credit, I mean, for me, so I think back, okay, whenever I was 18, what did I do? I got um, like a store credit card. I don't suggest store credit cards, but that's where I started. I worked at Belk and you had to have a credit card to work there because that's how you got your employee discount. So, wow. yeah, oh, yeah, and so I mean, I didn't get denied. It was like 200 bucks that I had that start small. Um, and like I said, I know credit cards are terrible, but if you use them wisely. This show is sponsored by Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> but they are very useful. Like, they're great to build your credits. So that would be where I would start for sure. Again, zero score is better than a bad score. What's a bad score so people have a reference? So we cannot do a loan at all under 580. It's gonna be very difficult for you under 600, 620. Um, we can do it, but you're gonna to have to have a down payment. There are absolutely no zero down options for those scores. And you're gonna to have to have two to three months of reserves so that if you, you know, something happens, you lose your job, whatever, we know that you can still make your payment for a few months and catch up. So if I have a 510, how did that happen? 
You probably didn't pay your bills. <laughs> How do I improve my credit when I have a 510 score? So you pay go, your bills. Yeah, That's exactly, a good start. Exactly. And I'll say like medical collections, we really don't mm-hmm. like hit those against you. Like we don't tell you to go pay those off. They may have got your score in the position they're in. So now you need to build positive credit that mm-hmm. we're not dinging you for those. It's just your score is what it is because of those. Okay. And, uh, so to kind of transition from the the first time buyer crowd to maybe the people who have done it a time or two, mm-hmm. um, do you, as a loan officer, do you, how do you approach those those buyers differently? Like what what needs do you feel like the experienced buyer has that that you focus on, unlike the first timers? So um, I think one thing is still people going into it thinking they need the large down payments. And they think if they're selling their house, I should put the full $200,000 profit on my new house. Is that necessarily the best thing to do? Money's cheap. So just kind of educating them at all their options. Um, You know, maybe they want to use their money to invest or do something else. Or maybe they they buy their next house and buy an investment, kind of split their assets. Um, So I think just educating them on wealth building and not just looking at it as like a single purchase. Sure. Um, and again, a lot of people still even don't realize they need agents. Even like you know, they think, "Oh, I can sell my house on my own," and you're going to get a lot more money if you use an agent. You know, so kind of just talking through, reminding them the steps of the process and um, what the best thing is for them on how to use their their finances. Sure. So, make sure I understand. Basically, you're saying with especially when interest rates are as low as they are now, mm-hmm. money being so cheap, it's not always the best decision to put in. All your proceeds from a sale, yeah. um, probably better use for that money. Yes, right. Most Good time to put the disclosure out there that we are not financial advisors. Please contact your yeah. local financial yeah. Good advisor. Call. Good call. If uh, if you are interested in building wealth, this is that for is entertainment true. purposes only. <laughs> <laughs> That's the phrase I'm looking for. Entertainment purposes. Okay. Opinions only here. That's right. <laughs> no facts. <clears throat> so um, I had buyers like three years ago who getting a loan, putting 5% down, clear to close, closing in three days, calls me and they say, I won the lottery. I don't need the loan anymore. And I'm like, what is this a joke? Like, and I was a new loan officer. Literally won the lottery. Literally awesome. won the lottery, yes. Wow. And so I was new. And so at first I'm like, what do I say? Like, I still need this loan, you know? <laughs> um, so the people who I was working with, they were like, money's cheap. Like we just said, like, Tell them, do not go and pay cash for a house because I think they won like 300000 So not a ton, but still a lot. You know, Different free than money. $30 million. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, so they their house was 250000 They were going to put almost all of it on their house. So they absolutely, positively were paying for the house cash. Like, would not hear any other way. And, you know, we tried to recommend, like, invest or do this or do that. Nope, not having it. So now they call me back three years later. They're ready to sell their house and I uh, want to buy a new house. And the conversation is, hey, can we buy without selling our house? We don't have any debt on our house. We bought it free and clear. Well, they have a $900 car payment, Mm. and they have a $400 car payment, Mm. and they have a $500 camper payment. Mm. They have about $175,000 worth of debt between those three. So instead of having a two and a half interest rate on a 15 year even we'll say you know whatever they um they chose instead to pay cash for the house and now they're paying really high interest rates for all of their automobiles and rvs so just kind of interesting that was not a wise use of their money yeah no that i 
that story is very relevant to what we were talking about. Yes. That, that, that nailed it, actually. All right, so what do you want to tell um, our Selling North Georgia fan base of six million or maybe six people? <laughs> it's got to be seven million by now. Yeah. It, this thing's really taken off. <laughs> uh, so I would say it's important to find a good lender who's going to communicate, who is going to answer your questions, who's going to educate you, and again, make sure you have great agents. I've got two guys right here who are ready to take care of you. Um, so the perfect recipe for the home buying process, good agent and good lender. If you have those two things, it should be a breeze through the process. Totally agree. One thing I'll add to that is don't always get caught up in one thing or the other. So like, for example, I hear people all the time get caught up on the interest rate. Well, yes. I can get a 2.7 over here. I can get a 2.4 over here. And then you look at the, the estimate sheet and they've yes. got like $20,000 worth of closing costs. And you're like, well, yeah, they're buying the rate down. You know, yes. like... What does it mean to buy the rate down and what? how do you analyze your offering versus another offering that may have no closing costs or whatever? How do we do that? So for me, what I tell my clients whenever they call me and they say, hey, what's the interest rate? Well, a lot of different things go into that. Um, so I'm not one to just like throw off a rate. I'm also not one that's going to be like, hey, the rate's two and a half percent. And I know behind the scenes, I'm charging you $4,000 to get that. So that's what Michael's referring to is you can buy down the rate or we call those discount points. So you can get any rate that you want, but you're gonna pay for it. So I tell my clients, whenever I quote you an interest rate, that is what the rate is at no cost to you. So I may tell you that your rate is 2.75 but that there's no fees added in. We have our flat 11.95 lender fee, nothing else other than typical closing costs. And so if the bank says, we're giving you two and a half, I'm gonna look at that rate sheet and we're gonna see, okay, well, they're charging you this. I can give you that too, but here's what it's gonna cost you. So you have to compare apples to apples. Yeah, a lot of times we will deal with lenders that, those online lenders will say yes. zero closing costs, right? Yes. But then you look at it and the rate's 3.1 when you're charging a 2.75 and yes. it's like, oh, well, then you're, you're paying for it yeah. and the interest rates. So well, and the same the thing is the flip side of that is they'll, they'll quote a really low interest rate online. And again, they have all these fees built in and a lot of times they're not locking you until just before they have to send out their initial CD. Mm -hmm. So by the time you've got to that end of the process and you see your initial CD, oh, and they've just locked the rate and all these fees are there, you never knew it. I see ads all the time on Facebook where they'll have the rate mentioned and then in the small print, like a six font, it says rate as of the date that they started running the ad. Yes. And so the date is like a week ago, you know, yes. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, yes. as of last week it was this? Yeah. And let's talk so. about that because if I quote you an interest rate today, I can't promise you that rate tomorrow. Rates change daily. And Sometimes intraday. Yes, exactly. So whenever things were really volatile last year, we got multiple emails a day. Rates are up, rates are down. In a matter of 24 hours, rates went up an entire point. Mm -hmm. And it, the way the market shifts generally, an eighth of a point to a quarter is That's usually, a yeah. yeah. So to go an entire point in 24 hours, I mean, and people were like, what do, you, what do you mean? I had a couple of people pretty mad that there was nothing I could do. Mm -hmm. Do people ask you on a daily basis what's going to happen to interest rates? Oh, they do. But I'm not a mind reader or else I would be very rich. <laughs> so I believe that's the correct answer. You know, I, I tell people this is the trend that I have seen. Like recently we haven't really increased or decreased by more than a quarter of a point here or there. Mm -hmm. um, we're not in a very volatile market right now as far as interest rates are concerned. So, you know, lock today, lock tomorrow. 
probably not going to make much of a difference. Um, but you know, when we do see, hey, it's up and down, I take it today. Like I will tell them that, but I don't make them lock it. Like I always put it in their court, 100%. And if they want to roll the dice, they can wait. They don't have to yep. lock it at any point. Right? You just have to lock about five days before closing. Yeah. All right, Hannah. Uh, so you have given us a lot of good value here. I uh, appreciate you coming in. For uh, our audience, what's the best way to reach you? You can text me or call me at the one and only phone number I use, 2248. And then you can always send me an email. The phone number is really the best way to get me. But if you just happen to be a person who loves to email, <laughs> um, it is hannah.rogers at movement.com. Awesome. Well, that is a wrap. I appreciate you coming in with us. Yep. Glad to be here. That was awesome. Thanks, Ann. Thank you guys for watching. I'm Corey Shields. Michael Williams. And uh, we'll see you next time.